Okay, so this morning we are starting a new sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. And the I, I want to just kind of paint a picture for you of what it is we're trying to accomplish. So this is not just a sermon series in order to fill time on Sunday morning. Uh, we really want this next, uh, from now until Easter, to be a season where we as a church are working together to pray together. Uh, so that means praying individually, but also praying as a body of believers, praying as a community. And so the, the, the little prayer, the, this prayer guide that we put together on the Psalms of Lament, the prayer groups, uh, these are not just things that we're doing in order to fill up the schedule for you. Uh, this is the practical outworking of us saying, hey, if we're going to be a people of prayer, we need to actually learn what prayer is. That's what the sermons will do. The sermons will be the teaching on prayer. But then there needs to be a response where we are actually praying, right? And that's what the individual guide is for. That's what the prayer groups during the week are for. And one thing that we're going to do, we're going we're gonna to ease our way into it this morning, and I'll talk a little bit more about it after the sermon. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have a block in the services during this season of the series, of the sermon series, where, that are going to be called Prayers of the People. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to create an opportunity for us to immediately respond back to the Lord in prayer over the things that he's been impressing upon our hearts during the whole service, during the sermon, but really during the whole service. And the goal of this is really simple, right? I, I want us to pray more, but that's not really the goal. Uh, prayer is important. Prayer is a vital part of the life of the church, but prayer uh, is not the end in itself. The end is a deeper relationship with the Father, a deeper relationship with Christ, a deeper relationship with the Spirit. Uh, and prayer is one of the main ways that God goes about accomplishing that in our lives. Uh, and, and so our, my hope, my prayer, what I'm, what I'm asking God to do is that on the other end of this series and the other end of this time, that, that we all will be able to look back and say, man, the Lord, uh, the Lord met us, our relationships with him as individuals, but as a community is deeper uh, as a result of what he has done and that we are, we feel more equipped and encouraged to actually pray. Uh, so, so coming on Sundays is, is, is part of that, right? But you're going to hear me talk a little bit more about what these prayer groups are going to look like and what we're doing after church. And just, I'm, I'm asking you, right, to, uh, to, to be involved. And if, and if the times that you can see all the times that we have on the prayer, on the app, uh, all the times that groups are available, if one of those, if you really want to be part of that and that time, none of those times work for you, email me, Okay. If, if, I, if we need to do this more than the four times that we have slotted in order to make it work for people, I'm that committed. I will do this three times, four times a week. I'm that committed uh, for us to do this as a church, okay? So I'll, I'll, I'll hear me that I want you to participate. Don't let, we, we selected four times. Don't let that be the barrier. Those times just simply aren't going to work for you. All right, I'm going to do our scripture reading this morning. And our scripture reading comes from uh, the book of Matthew. Um, those of you that have been in the Bible studies will be familiar with this passage. Uh, this is from the Sermon on the Mount. We're looking at Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5. Uh, and when you pray, this is the word of the Lord, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, 
for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you that they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go to your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. We'll pick that up next week. Let me pray. Father, we, uh, we want to hear from you this morning. Uh, we want to uh, be taught by you this morning about the subject of prayer. Uh, and so would you use the words of Jesus as he is teaching the, this group of people uh, on this particular occasion that we call the Sermon on the Mount? Would you use those words to teach us today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, I, need, I need some uh, help here just to kind of get me going, help me figure out where, what the landscape is for us. Uh, so just out of curiosity, if you're willing to raise your hand, how many of you have prayed in the last week? Okay. Um, how many of you have prayed in the last 24 hours? All right. Um, how many of you have a sense that there's more for you in prayer, that you want to pray more than you are now, that you want to grow more and understand more of prayer? Okay. Um, how many of you feel that you really have a, a, a grasp and an understanding of what prayer is and how to pray? Okay, so um, thank you. That's really, really helpful for me as, as we jump into this. What, just by looking at the raising of hands, right? The, the, and this is, I've asked these exact same questions in a different church context, and the hands were almost exactly the same. Um, my sense is that when we get to the subject of prayer, that probably for many of us who are Christians, who call ourselves Christians, that there is this, this, uh, understanding a desire for prayer, but a little bit of a mystery uh, and a little bit of a not clear of what it looks like to actually pray. Uh, and, and so on one level, the reason that a series on prayer uh, is really important for the life of any church, but even for just our life as, as individual Christians, uh, is that there's this desire for it. There's this, there's this need. There's just something innate in who we are that we understand that prayer has to be a vital aspect of our lives. And, and I would argue that that's not just true of those of us who profess faith in Jesus Christ, but we see even in other religions and even in people who maybe don't espouse a particular religion, but um, you know, have some, some form of spirituality that they follow, that some kind of meditation or prayer is often a part of what, how that gets expressed. There's something about prayer that is really important. So on one level, a series like this is important because there's, a, there's just kind of like a, a base level understanding. Yeah, this is probably something important. As coming at it from a, a distinctively Christian perspective, however, uh, I would submit to you that there's another reason why prayer is really important for the life of the church. Uh, years ago, I read a book called The Heart of Prayer. Have you ever read a book or maybe you've listened to something, you've seen something, and it just, like the second you, you consume it, the second you read it, it just like, and completely changes the way that you see things. Have you ever had this? A couple of you are nodding your heads. So this quote was one of those moments for me uh, where I read it and I was like, 
oh, yeah, I don't believe that. Uh, but it's true. And this is from a book. It's called The Heart of Prayer by a guy named Jaron Bars, who was a professor at Covenant Seminary for uh, many, many years. Uh, Unless there is prayer, as well as our faithful work in whatever we do, prayer as well as our ministry of whatever kind, prayer as well as the work of teaching, prayer as well as the work of worship, prayer as well as the work of counseling, prayer as well as the work of serving, prayer as well as the work of hospitality, no one will be truly blessed. No one will, cha- will be changed. No one will believe and no fruit will come from our labors. I, we can do all the things that we do as a church. And, and, if, and if prayer is not a vital component of what we do, God is going to use it. He'll use it because he's God and he, he, will, he will use whatever means he can in order to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. But I don't think it's going to be what we could see God do uh, without prayer. That's how important this subject is for the life of the church. All right, so what is prayer? Kids, if you look in your bulletins, uh, there's a definition of prayer there for you. Can somebody read it to me? One of you kids. Christopher, hit me. You say it a little bit louder, buddy. I'm having a hard time hearing you. All right, so you're an expression of asking God for help. I'm going to give you a slightly different definition to build off of that. The definition that I want to give you is offering our desires and our needs to, listen to this, I think this is important, God the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of Jesus, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Prayer is a way that we engage with the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All three are engaged as we pray. And so when we pray, when we, when we come to the passage that we're looking at, what's really fascinating is that Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer. Jesus talks, gives us the Lord's Prayer twice. It's given to us twice, once in Matthew, once in Luke. In Matthew, interestingly, the Lord's Prayer is a part of the sustained teaching that Jesus has on what the Christian life is like. So on one level, prayer, the Lord's Prayer, is is uh, is teaching that we have to understand. But interestingly, the other place where it shows up is in the Gospel of Luke. Do any of you know what? What prompts Jesus in the Gospel of Luke to, to, to give the disciples the Lord's Prayer? There's a question that the disciples ask. Teach us how to pray, right? Show us how to pray. And his response is, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? So the Lord's Prayer is both teaching, but it's also model. And so that's what we're going to try to do in this series is we're going to look at the teaching aspect of it, but then we're going to, during the week, these prayer groups that meet during the week, we're going to look at the modeling aspect of the Lord's Prayer. Now, here is where we're going to start. This is where we're going to take off today, right? We're going to take off today by considering that prayer is the Father's reward. That's kind of a strange language for us Presbyterians, right? Presbyterians don't like to talk about the Father rewarding us for anything. But that's what Jesus says several times in the passage, 
right? So we have to wrestle with that. Uh, the, the Jesus says that this is a way that we experience the reward uh, that the Father. So, so what I want to suggest to you is that that prayer, it's a command, right? But put that off to the side for a second. It's an invitation. Prayer is an invitation to commune with God. Prayer is an invitation to bring your desires, your needs, your hopes, your fears to the Father in the name of the Son with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what we're being invited into. That's what we're being asked to do. Now, kids, um, I want you to, to think, you know, you imagine that you're, um, you know, you're, you're playing a game, you're, you're watching TV, you're doing something, uh, and your mom or your dad or somebody comes into the room and says to you, says, hey, it's time to go clean up your room. What is your most likely response going to be? Yes, I would love to do that right now. Probably not, right? Now, I want you to imagine for a second, I want you to imagine for a second a slightly different scenario uh, where I'll say that I'm your dad and I come into the room and I say, hey, please clean up your room and when you're done, we're going to go out and get ice cream. Are you going to be a little bit more inclined to clean your room? I would be a little bit more inclined to clean my room. The Baumgartner boys are like, yes, let's do this right now. So why is that? Right? Because there's a, there's a reward. Kids, I'm going to tell you something that adults don't always want to, want to own up to, right? Prayer, we sometimes look at prayer like kind of cleaning up your room. Um, it's a chore. It's something that we know we need to do, but we're not sure how to do it. And what I want all of us to see is that, that there's a reward, and it's better than ice cream, okay? Uh, that there's a reward for us when we follow God in prayer. So what are we going to do? That's a really long introduction to get to our three points for this morning. Uh, our three points this morning are, where do we go to pray? Uh, why do we go to prayer? And then what can we expect from God in prayer? And it's this idea of reward, which really starts all the way back in chapter, the verse, first verse of chapter one, uh, first verse of chapter six, where Jesus says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. And then he goes on to talk about how the, the, the reverse principle is true, that if you do things in secret, that the Father will reward you. And he talks about how this is true of money. We'll come back to that sermon some other point in the future. And then he starts talking about prayer. That's where we're picking up Jesus' teaching. All right, so where do we go? Uh, Jesus says in verse 6, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is uh, unseen. So Jesus is talking to us here about what we call private prayer or secret prayer, okay? Now, there are lots of different types of prayer. So uh, there's, there's corporate prayer. That's what we do a lot of times on Sunday morning, right? We do corporate prayer. We're all praying together. Uh, there's contemplative prayer. There's prayer asking for petitions. There's all these different kinds of prayer. And Jesus here is drawing attention to the importance of private prayer. Now, D Jesus doesn't just tell us that private prayer is important, right? He models it. And this is what you see in the life of Jesus. There's this, there's this graphic, there you go. There's this graphic that you see here behind me. Um, and I got this from a pastor in New York City. There's this, there's this kind of uh, continual loop that we see in the life of Jesus, right? Jesus, he is doing ministry, he's engaged, he's performing miracles, he's teaching. And then what does he often do? He withdraws. 
right? He goes off by himself and he spends time in solitude. He spends time with, sometimes it's with a few of his closest disciples. Sometimes it's with all 12 of the disciples. Very often it's just him and the father, right? And he's being refilled. He's being recharged so that he can then go out uh, into the world. So, all right, kids, I need your help again. What are some times in stories of the Bible, in the life of Jesus, what are some times that you can tell me that Jesus goes off to pray? Adult, I'm going to ask you next, so pick up where the kids leave off. Yeah. Take, take, I can't hear. Yeah, right, 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 the Garden of Gethsemane, exactly right. He prays at the Garden of Gethsemane, really good. Anybody else? After he feeds the 5,000, good. Uh, that's the same time, right? Right before he walks on water. That, so he, he feeds the 5,000, he goes off to pray, then he walks on water. Anybody else? How does Jesus start his ministry? 40 days. That's what Lent is. Lent is kind of built off of this idea of Jesus going into the wilderness for 40 days, and he prays, right? So um, let me give you a couple of snapshots here of the prayer life of Jesus. So Jesus prays. Jesus goes off by himself to pray whenever he has to face, whenever he is facing a major task. So the beginning of his ministry, Luke chapter 4, we see Jesus going into the wilderness, 40 days of prayer and fasting uh, in order to prepare for the ministry that he is about to have. Secondly, we see Jesus praying when he has to recharge from the work that he's been doing. That's right after feeding the 5,000 and before he walks on water. Jesus, and, and interestingly there, what happens is Jesus is about to take the disciples with him. He's going to take them on a retreat, as it were. And then everybody, like, they follow Jesus is at the mount. Let's go to Jesus. And they go, and she's like, all right. And he feeds 5,000 people, and then he sends the disciples off, and he still goes off to pray on the mountainside by himself. Jesus also prays in times of grief. Matthew 14 tells us that after John the Baptist was beheaded, so remember, John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin. So when he finds out that his cousin was murdered by Herod, Jesus goes off to pray in a time of grief. Now, interestingly, that's the same thing that happens. It's the same storyline in Matthew 6 or Mark 6. So Matthew gives us more nuance to why it is that Jesus wanted to go off with the disciples. Part of the reason was because he was grieving that his cousin had been killed. Jesus goes off to pray when he has to make important decisions. We see that in Luke 6, where he goes uh, off to pray by himself before he picks the 12 disciples. And then Jesus goes off to pray during times of distress. We see that in Luke 22 uh, at the Garden of Gethsemane, where uh, right before he is about to be killed. Now, let me ask you, I mean, you look at this list, right? A major task, recharging from work, grief, important decisions, times of distress. Can we not identify with probably everything on that list? Right? We think of our own lives. I mean, I know several, several folks here in the church have, um, you know, in, in recent weeks, uh, not even more, you know, more removed from that, have experienced the death of people in, that you're close to, death of loved ones, uh, in grief, right? The, the, I know many, some, you know, in conversations that I've had with many of you about job transitions or different questions, different big decisions that you are contemplating with. And let's just face, I mean, you know, what's going on in Ukraine is very far removed, but we all know history, right? It doesn't, 
it doesn't take too many things going one way or the other before we find ourselves in the midst of another global conflict. If Jesus needs to go off to be by himself to pray, how much more do you and I need the intentionality of times of prayer to go off and be alone with the Father, to have that kind of relationship with him that is uh, so vital? So why do we pray, right? We pray because there's this importance to it. Um, it now, what, what you see happening in the passage um, is that Jesus is making a contrast. What he's telling us is that prayer done in secret is in contrast to prayer that's being done in order to show off. Uh, Jesus Storybook Bible fans, anybody? Remember that there's actually, in the Jesus Storybook Bible, we actually see this story show up. And this is what Sally Sally Lloyd-Jones writes. She says, every day, they would stand out in the middle of the street and pray out loud in, ex- in big, extra super holy voices. They really weren't praying so much as just showing off. They used lots of special words that were so clever, no one understood what they meant. Um, that's not what we're talking about, right? Prayer is not about showing off. Prayer is not about, let me show you how, how smart or clever or eloquent that I can be. Those things are not necessarily wrong in and of themselves, but if the attitude of my heart is to show you, hey, how really holy I am, then Jesus says, if that's what you want to be your reward, fine. You can have that as your reward. You're not going to have the reward of the Father. And so private prayer, part of what private secret prayer does is that it's just us and him. There's nobody to impress. There's nobody to talk to other than him. Uh, And so we can have that intimacy, right? And just think about the importance of intimacy, of of that one-on-one time in relationships, right? The the importance of a husband and wife having time alone together. The importance uh, and uh, the the profound importance of, of a mom nursing her child in the wee hours of the morning when it's just her and her child, right? Those moments where two friends are sitting down over a difficult conversation or difficult topic and they're and they're having that private conversation. Think about, in all of those instances, what you have is you have this deepening of a relationship. And it's the same way with the Father, right? He invites us to pray, and he's telling us one way to express that prayer is alone with him, and when we do that, our relationship with him is deepened. And that takes us to our next point, which is why we go to prayer. Why do we go to pray? We go to pray because we go to the one who knows what we need. What does Jesus say? Go to your Father who who, um, who is unseen, and guess what? He sees what is done in secret. That's who we're praying to. Years ago, um, when we lived in Florida, there was this Nordstrom that we would take our kids to often. We'd go to the mall, and we'd go in through this one Nordstrom uh, store, and we always went in through the, just, you know, habits. You just, we always go in through the children's shoe department. Um, and on this one particular day, we walk into the children's shoe department, and they had all these balloons were there uh, for kids to be able to grab. And so one of our kids comes up to us and says, hey, can I, can I have a balloon? And I said, sure, go ask the clerk for a balloon. The desire for a balloon immediately left, right? Because why? Because, because this particular child didn't want to go to the clerk and ask for the balloon. Why? Because they don't know the clerk, right? How often in prayer 
are we reticent? Are we like a little bit? Uh, because we don't, we don't really know the Father. Right? We don't know who he is. And that's what a part of the Lord's Prayer does. Is it, It's teaching us who God is. And so over the course of the series, part of what we're going to do is we're going to ask with each petition, how does, this inf- how does this change our view of the Father? How does understanding that God is holy, how does understanding that, that he has a kingdom, how does understanding that he is a God who provides daily bread, how does that change our view of him? I want you to notice something. How does the, how does the Lord's Prayer begin? Our Father. How many times does Jesus say Father before he starts the words, our Father? Three times in this particular, just in this little paragraph that I read. Three times he has talked about who the Father is before he utters the words, our Father who art in heaven. How does does the Father of Jesus become our Father? He becomes our Father through faith. One of the ways that we talk about salvation and and trusting in Jesus is through the language of adoption. Uh, So one of the metaphors that the New Testament gives us about becoming a follower of Jesus Christ is that we are adopted into the family of God. He becomes, the father of Jesus becomes our father. Jesus is regarded in some places as our elder brother, right? The, there's this, even this like maternal language that we see about God. Uh, you know, uh, a nursing mother will forget the baby nursing at her breast before God forgets his children. Or Jesus talking about being a mother hen, bringing his chicks, uh, bringing her chicks up to her. This is the language of a family that God provides us in order to help us understand that part of who he is. This is who he is, and he wants us to trust him. So here it is really simple, right? We go to the Father because the Father loves us, the Father knows us, and he is able to answer us. So it's going to happen over the course of this series in the coming weeks is that every sermon titles the Father's something. So the Father's holiness, the Father's kingdom, the Father's provision. And so when we pray, right, we pray, um, uh, give us this day our daily bread. Right, we're, we're, we're thinking about, or we're asking for the Father's provision. What does that assume? It assumes that we have a Father who sees our need, who cares about our need, and is willing to do something about our need. When we pray, uh, uh, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us, what are we praying for? We're praying for the Father's forgiveness. Well, what does that assume? It assumes that we have a Father who sees that we've erred, we've sinned, that is inclined to forgive us and is actually capable to forgive us. We're going to see at the, towards the end of the series, we're going to look at, you know, uh, um, deliver us from evil, right? And there we're looking at the Father's protection. Well, what does that assume? It assumes that we have an enemy. It assumes that the Father's not our enemy, that the Father's actually on our side. It assumes that our Father cares that we have an enemy, and it assumes that our Father is stronger than our enemy, and it assumes that our Father is inclined to do something to stop our enemy. Those are a lot of assumptions, right? And and so when we begin to know the Father, and we begin to know how to answer all of those questions, what does it do? It informs the way that we pray. So we go to the Father in secret, 
because of the intimacy of relationship that we need to have with him as our father. And so, and so this is how this is going to work out over the course of this series, right? Over the course of this series and over the course of the coming weeks. Um, we're going to look at the petitions on Sunday morning. Uh, and when we look at the petitions, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can remember this off the top of my head. Um, what does the petition, how does it change our view of God? How does it change us? And how does it change the way that we pray? Those are the three points for every sermon I'm going to preach. Okay? And, and, and then that's the teaching part. And that's, that's important. Um, but if all that we do over the course of this next uh, few weeks is me talking at you and we don't actually pray, guess what? Remember the Jaron Bars quote? <laughs> Not much is going to happen. Uh, we can talk a lot about prayer, and if we don't actually pray, nothing is going to happen. And so what are we going to do? After the service, after the sermon, there's going to be immediate, hey, this is how we're going to respond immediately to the Father, right? Just a few popcorn prayers. I'll talk about that more in a little bit. Uh, but then during the week in these groups, like that's going to be the, um, think of like science class, right? Where you like had the lecture and then you had the lab and the lab is where you're like testing things out, right? These prayer groups are the lab. They're the place where we're going to take these petitions and we're going to read a passage of scripture and we're going to pray up. We're going to pray up, uh, you know, God, you are holy. And then we're going to pray in. You call me to be holy and I'm not. Help me to be holy. And then we're going to pray out, Lord, would your holiness permeate San Diego? And we're going to have a passage of scripture. It's, it's, it's like really just so, um, it is a, if it sounds threatening to you, I promise it's not threatening to you. It is going to be so easy. We're going to read a passage of scripture. We're going, to, we're going to ask one question about what you read. And then we're all going to take turns, one sentence prayers. It doesn't have to be these super long, eloquent things. But what we're doing is we're teaching you how to use the Lord's Prayer as the model, right? What does Jesus do? Lord's Prayer, part of teaching. Lord's Prayer, model. And so Sunday morning sermon, the teaching the groups, the model for you to be able to walk through the season and say, ah, okay, I'm beginning to get a better sense of what prayer is. Okay, so where do we go? Go to secret place. Why do we go? Because we have a father who knows us, who loves us, and who's able to answer our prayers. And then what do we expect? The father's reward. Matthew 6.1, just to refresh our minds. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. But when you, this is verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. I'll be honest with you, like even... Uh, naming the sermon title, The Father's Reward, was like, uh, it's just not how I think about prayer. And so this has been really challenging for me this week as I've been thinking through the sermon. Uh, to, um, and even the previous version of the sermon didn't land on this point as much as I'm landing on this point now. So what is the reward? What is it that, what is it that we can expect from God in prayer? I think it's at least two things. One, it's more prayer. Uh, I asked at the beginning, uh, how many of you have a sense that you want to pray more? 
And many of you raised your hands, right? And so I'll submit to you that, that when we pray and we begin to develop the habits of prayer, that part of what ends up happening is that prayer becomes easier and, and we get to do it more. Think of this, uh, you know, kids, imagine how awesome it would be if every night before you went to bed, you went to the freezer and you were able to have one spoonful of ice cream before you went to bed. Would that be pretty cool? How long do you think it would take before you would do that without even having to think about it? Habits get formed really, really easily. And then how hard would it be to break that habit? It would be very hard. You'd have to like not have ice cream in the house, right? Because that's how habit works. You do it once, you do it a second time, you do it a third time, and slowly over time, we begin to develop certain habits. But just think about how you get ready in the morning. I put my right contact in before I put my left contact in every morning. I actually thought about it this morning. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a habit. Prayer is part habit. Prayer is part the practice of it then begins to bring more prayer. And so pursuing God in a life of prayer breeds more prayer. That's the first thing. But really the second thing, and I think the more important thing and the more profound thing, is that we get more of the Father. That when we pray, we get more of Him. We get more of God. Kate asked me yesterday, what is it you want to accomplish? What is it you're hoping to do uh, with the sermon series and with everything? And I looked, I was like, well, I want people to pray more. Um, And then the more I thought about it, I was like, no, that's not it. It's not just that I want you all to pray more. I mean, that would be lovely. I would love for all of us to pray more. But that's really not it. Uh, Because prayer is not the end in itself. Uh, The end is a deeper relationship with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The goal is that we would have deeper communion, fellowship, relationship with him. And prayer is one of the ways that he has set up for us to be able to do that. And so it might seem odd, but I, the more I thought about it, the more I believe that the reward, the real reward that we have when we pursue God in a life of prayer is more of him. And, 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 you know, it makes sense when you stop to think, like, that's, he's our inheritance. He's our reward. This is the language of the Bible. And so that's what my prayer is for all of us, that on the other side of Easter, as we've gone through the season and we're focusing on prayer, uh, that, that, that we will all be able to say, oh, you know, I... My relationship with the Father, my relationship with the Son, my relationship with the Spirit has been deepened because of this time of focused energy and, and uh, attention to prayer. So let's, uh, let's pray right now. Father, we, um, we ask that you would please help us as we uh, go on this journey of prayer together. We, we want you. Uh, we want uh, we want to pray more, but we want to pray more because we want you more. And so, please help us uh, to do that. Help us to to work through it together. Uh, help us individually uh, to pursue you in a life of prayer. In Jesus' name, we ask this. Amen.